Welcome, Guardians. It's July 8th and 9th, 2019, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. Uh, we told you we'd be back, and we're back. A uh, little longer than we thought because of the holiday, but this is going to be episode 60, and we finally know how numbers work, so I think we've got the right number down. Um, we're going to start with some uh, Cabal stuff today. Um, we think there's going to be about three episodes uh, talking about Callus, uh, uh, the Emperor of the Cabal. <laughs> it's cool. Cabal are more than just space turtles now, so we got a lot more information about them. And uh, we've been playing around a lot in our Discord, so I keep getting distracted by this <laughs> thing. Eris is talking to me, and she wants me to put my fingertips on her mind or something weird. Uh, so we'll save that for later. Uh, so tonight, today, for Sherb, I guess... Uh, got got Sherbert pop with us. What's going on? Oh, not much. Been playing a bit of Destiny as well. Finally, <laughs> just trying to catch up. Honestly, yeah, me too. I, I jumped back in and started playing a little bit, and I'm enjoying myself. Uh, I missed the feel of the game, uh, so mm-hmm. I'm excited. You finally find your power surge quest. Shut up, man. Yes, I must have <laughs> had it since it first happened, but I didn't know I had it. <laughs> And I spent literally two evenings trying to figure out why Benedict would not tell me what to do. I kept going to him and yelling at him, and I talked to Gavel and chat forever, and I could not figure it out. And I looked there; I've got so like I must I've got so much crap to do in the game because I hadn't played in so long that it was just kind of mixed in and hiding amongst all this other stuff. I mean, I probably got like ten or more exotic things going on at one time, and I don't even know what's happening. But, yes, I found it. I'm almost done with it, and I will finish it. Um, yeah. So that was Gabble. Gabble, what's up, man? Not too much. Um, I think I might be moving in, like, six weeks. So that's cool. Like a far move or a short move? No, or a... no. A, a ten minutes across Houston move. So what's the what's the move... For any any particular reason? Well, well, we're we're in a, a two bedroom um, garage apartment right now. That's like nine hundred square feet, and it's cool when it's just the two of us. But when the kids are here, it's super cramped. Sure. Um, so we found a we found a house that uh, is a it's a three bedroom, and it's got a like a studio space because uh, my wife teaches uh, violin and viola lessons. So that'll give her a space to teach out of the house that won't sort of impact what everybody else is doing and, and should be a huge spatial upgrade. <laughs> Excellent. That's awesome. Congrats, man. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to find the space for all that stuff. Like my son recently started taking drum lessons. Mm-hmm. So, so he does that, but then we needed a place to set up drums in our house. So we've got drums and a piano and a guitar and we've got a lot of instruments happening at our house right now it's it's pretty crazy but i can i can feel you when you need space to to spread out and have room for instruments and and i'm sure yeah. you've dealt with that a long time being in a band and all but all right and last but not least we've got scooby deezy what's going yep. on man uh not a lot just uh got done having a little game night with some friends that came over which is awesome because it's the first like adult human interaction that we've had in i don't know it's probably been a couple of months since I mean, babysitters are just so hard yeah. these days but uh played a little game of ticket to ride i, I lost horribly you know and uh yeah, but, but it was good it was fun so T- ticket to ride is that a that's a card game 
It is a board game. Board game. Uh, it's a fun you, one. Yeah, you you place trains and do routes to collect uh, tickets and get you know it's fun. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, I I saw you posted a picture of of some cards up, and it reminds me of a game I used to play a long time ago. It's like this French card game called Millborns. It's like a, a traffic kind of game. It's it's weird. You have different cards to to progress distances, and you have to get gas and like all sorts of weird stuff. But uh, that's awesome, man. I wish I'd like to have a, a game night. One of my friends recently um, had a bachelor kind of party. It was like a weekend thing, and he went to this place. Uh, oh my gosh, can't remember the name of it, but it was um, this like basically game retreat place. They they went and stayed in this big cabin. It's here in Missouri. And hmm. they rented this this place out, had like 10 or 15 guys there. And the the house that they stayed in, they have like hundreds upon hundreds of board games. And they've got PlayStations and they've got ATVs and big lake That's to fun. fish and swim and, and canoe and kayak and all this other stuff. And uh, I was initially planning on going and, and didn't work out, but I saw a bunch of pictures from it and man it was so cool and and I couldn't believe it. it's like it's like 30 minutes from where I live like out in the boonies this, these people only rent it out on the weekends and that's their main thing and it's it's huh. like yeah it's really really cool yeah that's cool yeah we we love board games we have a huge like game shelf with tons of board games uh it's just harder and harder to get groups together these days when we lived in Seattle we um we used to live in a duplex uh, with our best friends. And so we'd literally just put our baby monitor on, on our upstairs <laughs> unit. And then we'd go down, lock the door, go downstairs and the monitor would connect right through the floor. So sure. yeah. uh, we would just play games like every night uh, in the duplex, which was awesome, but harder to do when you don't live in a duplex with your best friends. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, so me, I, uh, 4th of July just happened and I was at Lake of the Ozarks as I often uh, go to, and, and I got to remodel a bathroom because of a leaky toilet that ruined some floors. So we had to tear the whole thing out and redo the subfloor and put a whole bunch of, we did linoleum and baseboards and all that stuff. Turned out really good. And, and it's one of those kind of perks of, of having a place to to go and relax literally anytime you want, but, uh, it was worth it and it was fun. I like doing, doing that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, oh, I guess sweet. that's it. So what do we got going on? What's uh, we got any news or, or thanks? Let's see what we got going on here. Um, well, I mean, thanks to everybody who's listening right now and who listened last, I guess, two weeks ago and, and has been listening since, um, for being so nice about us coming back. You know, we're excited to be back and, the warm welcome definitely helps uh, our enthusiasm about getting back to, to what we enjoy doing. So thank you. Um, and I couldn't, you know, say, say it enough. Uh, used to get a lot of crap for saying thank you too much. And I'm going to, I guess, have to start doing it again. Uh, what's been, what was going on this past weekend, Gabble? Yeah. Uh, Garden Con was this weekend, which I'm sure from the pictures on Twitter was amazing. We, none of us went, but they, they raised $4 million for St. Jude which is in just a mind blowing number. It's happening in, in June next year and they're changing the name. It's going to be the gaming community expo. So uh, I'm definitely planning on going next year. It's uh, I missed it. I haven't been in a couple of years, I guess since we were there, but uh, yeah, definitely going to go back next year and look to it now that it's in Orlando, it'll be a whole different thing. So are they, are they expanding the scope? 
of the event. Well, yeah, I mean they grew it. <clears throat> they grew it a bunch this year. They had, um, in addition to Bungie being there, they had people there from um, Gearbox. They had people there from the studio that makes Warframe, whose name I can't remember. And I think a couple other developers had people there too. So they're they're and they're planning on it being even bigger as far as a, a much more diverse group of developers and stuff next yeah, year. Sea, cool. sea of Thieves was there, right? I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Um, so yeah, I mean this this whole thing is if you haven't been or haven't heard of it, you should at least go check out what they've done. So like the first year it was a just a meetup, some streamers organized and they totally shut down this bar and uh, put it over capacity. So the next year it became a what did they call it the first year? It was Destiny Con. Well, so yeah, the first year it was a meetup that a thousand people showed up to. Uh, and they they sort of just decided to call it destiny con because they thought it was funny and then the next year they actually made it a convention and I, that year it was destiny community con and it was after that that they changed it to guardian con to to um get the name destiny out of the name just for any potential uh copyright purposes or whatever but i think now since it's growing so much beyond destiny they just wanted to get just make it gaming so that's why it's gaming community expo yeah, that's cool yeah, two years ago when we went, I guess it was two years ago, it was still it was. mainly Destiny. And then the next year, that's whenever uh, Lupo and Ninja, I guess, were there. And they had Fortnite and mm-hmm. and uh, kind of expanded that way along with Destiny. And now, you know, the ones we listed were there this year. And so I guess it's just going to continue to uh, to grow and expand. And, I mean, gosh, $4 million for a charity from gaming. You tell me that gaming is, is bad <laughs> people, I, I mean, you hear so many people talk about how bad of an influence gaming can be, and to see so much good be done by the community is is pretty amazing. So, so another little community, and if you we've talked about them in the past, is the Destiny Reset guys, uh, Cyborg Sasquatch, and um, uh, that oh other God, guy, that other guy, Arrow, <laughs> Arrow Knight. <laughs> Damn, sorry, Arrow. I love you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he lives There's here. Another in, guy. Errol lives here in Missouri, and uh, and for the past, gosh, two or three years, um, I think three years they've been doing a meetup. I didn't. I don't know if I went to the first one or not, but they do the uh, the Derp Fam meetup here in Missouri, and uh, I've went as much as I can. It's really fun. It's a it's about a hour and a half drive from where I'm at. And a bunch of people come from out of town, and and this one guy hosts it at his house. And everyone, if they want to play games, they they can. And a lot of people bring their consoles and and monitors and or TVs or whatever. And it's really just a, a big hangout uh, for the weekend. Uh, and is there I, beer? Uh, yeah, I think sometimes there's they have alcoholic adult beverages on site. Okay. Um, and if if there's not, there's definitely places very nearby to run out and and collect uh, additional drinks. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's really fun. Uh, I mean, it's it's this guy Scorio. He's the one that hosts it, and it's it's a good time. I'm gonna be there. It's in October. October, uh, I think, like around the 14th is uh, is when it's happening. So I look forward um, to that. I'm planning on coming to that as well. All the way from Texas? All the way. That's awesome. I'll be here. I don't know how far it is, but uh, I'll just fly to St. Louis, right? I guess. Yeah, um, right. we should talk to them because I don't know what's closer. I think there might be a an airport closer than St. Louis. Um, and there's actually a key... I'll, I'll definitely defer to experts who live there. 
Yeah, if you uh, if you aren't in that Discord, you should jump in there because there's a lot of conversation about how to get there. Because there's one, I think there's one or two people that are actually going to take an Amtrak. Because there's a, a Amtrak station like right there in town. Hmm. Okay. So, but anywho, keep your ears open for for more Derp Fam Meetup information. And if you haven't checked out the Destiny Reset podcast, they've been going strong since you know a. Uh, before oh we gosh. started, they've got yeah. a lot of episodes. I think they just they've got like two hundred and forty episodes or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so definitely check them out. They're great. They uh they do a quick little what's new this week in Destiny, and they have uh, guests on and have been guests on other things. Um, they were they were a big part of Destiny or uh, sorry Guardian Con when we were there. They had a they actually had a, a big. What the fuck is it? Oh, what, what's they it did called? they did a live show <laughs> they did a live show yeah 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 they streamed yeah. the live show up on stage and that was that was really fun that was uh when i we first kind of met them or in person yeah. at least me now we know that they're barely decent human beings they're they're <laughs> fairly tolerable yeah yeah you know looks like we have one more uh little announcement anybody want to talk about the something about the moon oh moon's haunted okay there we go update now we know now we know <laughs> one more thing i want to talk about Real quick is because uh, I've I've been, I guess, mentioning it the past, gosh, I don't know, few episodes, maybe 60 or so, that we get some really awesome comments um, from people on on uh, iTunes. And we've got a, a couple other ones just to, to kind of give some people some shout outs to. We got one on July 1st from King Day Day 87 says, totally missed hearing you guys, or hearing the lore from you guys. Hope to have this more often. Jay Warlock, Master Race, LOL. Uh, <laughs> well, we're here. We're going to keep doing this. Uh, we've got another one from Corbin DeJong. Uh, it says, I love listening to the podcast during Destiny 1, and now they're coming back for Destiny 2. Super hyped for all the new episodes. We are too. Thank you. And I'll do one more. Um Oh, I think I might have read this one when we talked last time. Yeah, we were really good when we started, but we got salty and they didn't like it. But now that we're back, we're hoping we're better. <laughs> Old news. Old news, yeah. Thanks for opening up that wound again. My yeah, bad, my bad. Be sad all over again. Hey, it's it's uh, better than a Twitter comment we had recently. So anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, we ready to jump into this uh, and go cabals deep with this uh, lore? Wow. He you said, said it. it. You said it. Well, before we do that, do we want to talk about Lumina? Oh yeah, that's new. What's what's the what's that all about? What's Lumina? Uh, yeah, so uh, Lumina Quest just went live, uh, and it's really cool. So when we first looked at the um, the Lumina lore, uh, we were we went on speculating for probably an hour on what the heck it could mean because uh, it's really kind of out there until you start to break it apart a little bit, you notice that it's highly reflective um, of an old uh, D1 Grimoire card. Um, yeah, well, so do we want to read the, the cards? How do we want to go for it? May as well. So so I'll, I'll, I'll read the um, the original Ghost Fragment Earth card first, and that, that'll give us some context for Lumina. So uh, Dreams of Alpha Loopy. The blaze sits inside a nest of little worlds, still too distant to share its heat, but plainly staring at you. A face emerges, drawn from plasmas and radiation. There must be meanings in its roar. 
You listen hard and carefully, and sometimes a lucid melody seems to rise out of random noise. Joy builds, and the first hope in ages transforms you. It seems important, even critical, to tell every star from here to the black between the galaxies that you will be strong again. So there are um, a couple of phrases uh, in that card that are mirrored in the Lumina card, um, which it's just, I'll read it in a second. But what I'll, what I'll talk about cool is how Lumina really represents kind of the culmination of our guardian's journey and the hope of humanity because of where it comes from. You know, it's uh, was once thorn right which was dredgen yours hated weapon killed guardians uh in the quest we take the gun uh shin malfer gives it to us uh, from his hiding spot we cleanse it somehow by collecting orbs we magically <laughs> the gun turns back into rose i don't know how that works but space okay. magic mm-hmm. and then uh and then when we you know infuse it with more light it it blooms into something more again space magic but um but it kind of brings us to, you know, it's not the last word, right? It's not this like weapon of pure light. It's not thorn, uh, those weapon of darkness. It's kind of fitting in this in-between space of where the game is kind of taking the guardians and the, the you know, the whole thing with Shin the past couple of seasons. And every time we learn a little bit more from him and about the, the Dredge and Yor story, it seems to be pointing us into this gray area where we're using the dark as a tool. It's not something to be feared. It's, uh, it's another, you know, our tool in our arsenal, right? It's a weapon that we can wield uh, if we do so carefully. So uh, let me, I'll go ahead and read the, the luminar lore. So the title of it is there must be meaning in my roar, which right away, you know, it's a callback to uh, the card. So the, the card says, in young languages, we sketched for each other the seemings of stars and planets in the black between galaxies. We have devoted ourselves to listening to the cosmos by crafting assemblers that can translate for us the mechanical language of order and to our own withins by withstanding the howling storm until patience and humility made of chaos, if not sense, and at least peace. From beyond emptiness, a gardener emerged, drawn from pseudophotons in impossible math. And our nest of colliding space dust was never the same, for it heard meaning in our roar. And uh, lucid melody isn't that um, some of the flavor text for the weapon too? Because I know it's, that that was mirrored. Yeah, it's the name of the ornament for Lumina. Oh, right, right, right. Lucid melody. Yeah. So, uh, so we've got the the nest of colliding space dust, the nest of little worlds. We've got lucid melody both times. We've got the meaning in our roar, and. And so it's really about humanity, right? This card is humanity's mm-hmm. journey. Uh, we made and our, it. And our hope. Yeah, we made it. So at least to this point, you know, what's next? Yeah. Had so many like discussions about this <laughs> comparison. <laughs> Just like trying to figure out what it means. But it's all speculation, so I won't <laughs> actually say any of my random out there theories. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, that's that's most of it. Yeah. So I haven't done that yet, um, but I plan to. Uh, I was uh, definitely a, a thorn whore back in the day. And, uh, 
and got lots of hate mail for it, but whatever. Um, it's a it's not a terrible quest. It's it's a little grindy in some parts, especially if you're if you're by yourself. I think the the grindiest parts you can actually speed up by having people in your fire team that either also have Rose or Lumina equipped, and you can get like almost three times as much progress done. So oh wow, compared to other hand cannon quests in the past, it it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the least grindy for sure. And the gun itself is pretty cool too. It heals people, which is a first to have like a sort of a support weapon uh, and boosts your outgoing damage, which is neat. Oh gosh. Guess who just chimed in? Uh oh. <laughs> Drop slash. And I quote, get your shit together. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I don't think he heard me. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't, I don't think so either. It's in the hosts. <laughs> I assume in reference to us figuring out technology. <laughs> yeah, trying to get this. So, so we used to use we well we up until today used Skype <laughs> to have our Just conversations our yeah. and then record our our individual audio and then we put it all together. So today we decided, hey, we've been in Discord a lot more lately. Let's give the audio there a try and. Uh, when we started, it was a disaster because it took me 20 minutes to not sound like, and what Gabble said was what? It's a drunk robot talking into a fan. A drunk yeah, was... robot talking. So apparently I sounded pretty crappy. So after a PC <laughs> reboot, <laughs> reboot, I fixed that. And then Sherb was on her phone on Discord and had a crazy hum, and we got that fixed. And uh, then Gabble gets dropped a couple times, and so now we're being talked trash to by Drop Slash. So. That's <laughs> Discord's really winning me over tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds really good. I'm, I'm, I mean, I think that we, I mean, the conversation sounds good so far. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll keep working out the bugs. So deal with it. We'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe if not, we'll go back to the old, old ways. Um, all right, we ready to, to jump into some cabals? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the way you said that. <laughs> Makes me feel funny. <laughs> Makes the cabals feel funny. Okay. <sighs> so we're uh, going to specifically talk about Callus, uh, uh, the exiled emperor of the cabal. Um, with the season of opulence and uh, its associated lore books, we have finally gotten some really interesting payoff and things that were initially hinted at in Vanilla Destiny 2. So we'll talk about the origins, events leading up to his exile, uh, the long and strange trip he took that led him to our solar system after the defeat of Gaul. So this will also kind of function as a, as a de facto history of the Cabal as a whole. And since our entire base of knowledge on their history comes from Callus, you know, it's, it makes sense. Um, while we can't ignore the rise of Gaul and the, the Red Legion, uh, as their core events leading up to his exile, we will not be diving into the events of the Red War itself. So we're going to focus on a lot of the stuff from the book, right? Yeah, this I think pretty much this whole episode comes from the Cabal book that came with the collector's edition of um, Destiny 2. And then the parts, parts 2 and 3 of this will be mainly the lore entries and stuff we've gotten uh, here in this season, the Chronicon and Confessions, and then a bunch of Menagerie dialogue and stuff like that to add in little tidbits. All right. Cool. So let's start off with uh, with Callus. 
master of celebrations, patron of festivity. Uh, and a quote from him is, Do you desire eternal greatness? Do you seek true freedom? I alone hold the power to grant you these gifts if you prove yourself to me. Man, he's so full of it. <laughs> I mean, not to get way too ahead of ourselves, but I mean, the guns he's giving us right now are just like old Destiny 1 guns with jewels glued on them. He's trying. Bejeweled. He is trying. He's like the yeah. bad white elephant gift giver. He just rewraps. <laughs> they've been bedazzled a little bit with some, <laughs> some purple on there, but uh... although although I will say he's given us back some D1 armor, which is yeah. pretty neat. Some stuff yeah. that we haven't seen for a while. Not the Queen's Wrath set though, right? Well, the Titan got the the Queen's Wrath mark, but that's uh, it. Well, I, the the farthest back we can go um, on the Cabal is the Legend of Acrius. Um, which I think the only mention of we really have is is the uh, I mean it's obviously the the shotgun um, doesn't play any part in modern events we just know the name there's a quote from Tyra Karn she said that really is the entire myth a cabal named Acrius desires the sun and he takes it and becomes the first emperor of the cabal other scholars have already noted the parallels and differences with our own ancient Earth myth of Icarus which famously has a far more humbling ending. I'm more interested in how cabal leaders throughout history have deployed this legend as a rhetorical and political justification for conquest. Among the most relevant of such figures is Dominus Gaul himself, who appears to have a personal affinity for the Acrius myth. Um, so I think that was flavor text from the actual quest. And, and it's literally a, all we know. Yeah, and it's and it's a great mirror for Gaul too. I mean, it's he's instead of the sun it's the traveler right he's gonna take the traveler for himself and mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. you know his claim to power so it's it was a fitting fitting piece of of myth for that point in early destiny too yeah and so i guess he was the f the first emperor we have no idea um how many there's how been. yeah how many there have been or how many years ago this was because we know well, now that Cabal have seemingly <laughs> ridiculously long lifespans sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, some of that, I think, with with Callus, we can explain with time dilation. But even Gaul has to be. What's the estimate on the timeline for Gaul? Like hundreds of years, it, right? At least a thousand, I think, yeah. is what we've come to. And, yeah. And yeah, and he didn't have the the time dilation that Callus did, right? right. Callus was is older than Gaul, but but yeah, Gaul's been alive that whole time too. Right, but I don't think we have any sort of sense of the uh, lifespan of a cabal, do we? Like, no, we they no. could readily live for thousands and thousands of years as a normal thing. So, right, it's yeah, kind we of have really, no really hard to judge time spans. Then, yeah, yeah, I mean, this could go back as uh, yeah, who knows how far. So, what we do know is that at some point, a military aristocracy called the Praetorate ended up in control of the empire. They are mentioned by name only in the Cabal booklet, so never actually in-game. Um, and they maintained their authority by military might. They were, I mean, then they're really the, the precursors to Gaul. Callus sort of interrupts them, but uh, their structure was very similar to Gaul's. Um, they they kept the, the legions as slaves and did not give them citizenship or any rights. And so... Let's see, there's a quote from Callus. When I took the throne, my people bled to feed a corrupt military elite. I chased those praetorate scum from their dens of iniquity. 
I offered their stolen riches back to my cabal, and I vowed to celebrate our existence in the highest luxury, to set an example for my empire. No privileged few, but decadence for all. Callus so, was a people's hero when he overthrew the the Praetorate. He he was leading a revolution at that point and loved by the Cabal people because he was overthrowing an, an unjust system. Yeah, so we have names for a few members um, of the Praetorate. Uh, let's see, we have... I don't even know how to say this word, so this is cool. Is it Adile? Adil? It's a real word. That's why I'm <clears> asking. <throat> like somebody might actually know how to pronounce it. Oh, a deal? But, uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Moli Imoli, the Everjoy. Um, the quote from Callus about him is: "Moli was once the Colossus of, man, these words, Bruunth, Bruunth. As a loyal soldier of the old corrupt Praetorate, he drove the Republicans into the sea. He massacred citizens. He massacred innocent citizens for the crime of supporting me." So that that first word, that title, is an ancient Roman official who oversaw public projects and festivals. Hmm. Uh, then we had Evocate General Imunarath, Primus of all legions. I think we all kind of saw that Arath in that name and immediately thought of of Zyverath from the Books of Sorrow, but I don't think there's any connection there. Yeah, I've never actually seen a connection, although I'm still looking for one. <laughs> <laughs> it would be it would be neat. So. Um, it looks like it's Edel. Okay. And it's actually uh, was an uh, it's an elected official in the Roman Republic. Um, it's a noun. And it's either of two, later four Roman magistrates responsible for public buildings, and originally also for public games and the supply of grain to the city. Is Ed- all right. E d i l edil edil edile edile. That's what it is. If only we spoke Latin. So it's kind of cool, though, that it's it's a reference to, like, the Roman Empire, because I've heard a lot of references. I mean, there's a lot of references to to that uh, in the game. Yeah, especially with the, with the Cabal. With the Cabal, yeah. Yeah, they're it's, very based certainly on Certainly seems a lot of, yeah, inspiration, type. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the quote for, for Umunarath is, In ages past, the emperor ruled alongside the Praetorate, the degenerate and venal military aristocracy. The legions made an iron wall around them, and the people suffered so the legions could grow. I cast down the praetorate. I gave the legions the right to speak as citizens. But I still needed armies, and armies need a leader. So I chose a combat veteran to serve as, to serve as evocate general. So the, the primus of all legions then would have been second in command if the praetorate ruled alongside the emperor, right? So that, that was a very high-ranking position. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you had another quote here, a reference to the Vexen Hive? Yeah, so so there's a, a quote um, about Amun Arath, and it says, For Amun sees terror all around her, machines who can eat her worlds, barbarians who corrode her frontiers, wizards who thirst for her soul, and worse. Um, which is really one of, I mean, we've, we've seen Vex uh, definitely referenced outside of, uh, of the solar system. But you know when you see when you read machines who can eat her worlds, uh, you get a little bit of context that the Vex have been a, a plague to the Cabal more than just in our system. That that seems to be a direct reference, and then to the Hive as well, wizards who thirst for her soul. So mm-hmm. it's cool to see little little references to threats in our system that have are bigger than just us, right? We know they are, but it's it's nice when we get these little peaks. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Nice, nice hearing about the um, the Vex, especially because I feel like, and we're going to get to it later. But reading through the sort of law books, we get like there's definitely they are aware of the hive existing. Like they know about them quite well, and you hear about the like knowing their history a bit. But I mean, in, even in this book, you hear about them learning their history, but you don't have a ton of reference to the Vex with them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool to hear that they like still knew of them and they were still a threat. Mm-hmm. Which which gives maybe a little bit more context to why the Cabal were in our system in the first place, because we still don't really have an answer for that when you know when they were originally here uh, in D one. But you know if they have a history with the Vex, it's possible that. That was part of the draw to Mars. You know, there's that's speculation, mm-hmm. but having a little bit more history gives us some context. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So I think that brings us to the console, who everybody's pretty familiar with being the ugliest character in all of Destiny 2. He's pretty. Right? Wasn't the console head like that weird face? Yeah, he's he's pretty ugly. <laughs> no, I think um, I think he's the same as most of them. He's just one of the few who constantly has his helmet off. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know how he pronounced like certain letters like P I think yeah. should have been impossible like the word impossible should have sounded like impossible impossible yeah, impo- actually impossible impossible their lips don't get <clears throat> yeah there's maybe a lot he of... has a second pair of lips behind the teeth he oh, can't gross. see gross gross <laughs> let's not speculate wow. on <laughs> on cabal anatomy please <laughs> I mean that's my job. <laughs> they're they're trained in ventriloquism. They they you know they use those special techniques. <laughs> it's a man in a suit. <laughs> so, so the quote on the console is, um, "I will not dignify this leech with a name. Think of him as a roach, a roach who scurried out from the ruin of the old praetorate. He'd grown fat on the scraps they fed him, the wealth and influence and favor." And when I took his scraps away to enrich my throne and inspire my people, he wanted them back. Um, Consul is, of course, another uh, government official from ancient Rome. They were the leaders of the Senate. Hmm. And then we have another character, Lictor Sheotet. Sheotet? Sure. Yeah. Who who sided with Callus. The quote there is, my eternal companion, my shield and my trust. Whatever good I did, he owns a piece of it, for I did it all under his protection. How many bullets he took from me? How many poisons and piercing thoughts? When I spoke to the people at Daos and told them I had repossessed the wealth and plunder of the Praetorate elite, it was Sheotet who stood by my side. The legions could have bombed our hides to leather, but he stood. And of course, Lictor is another ancient Roman term, a bodyguard for an important civil authority. So that's super appropriate for what Callus just described. Which is interesting in that description. When it says the legions could have bombed our hides, it makes it sound like they were taking a risk announcing the revolution to the people. It's, it wasn't like they had a bunch of support in the midst mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, it was definitely just, put, they were just putting themselves out there. Um, and I guess luckily for them, it worked, at least for a while. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so so one parallel that we're probably not going to talk about but the the praetorate was actually uh a star trek thing it was uh, uh the the body that existed within the romulan star empire so there's a bunch of information out there and some of it kind of 
jives with with what we're talking about as far as like you know they had an imperial Romulan Senate and uh, they talk it talks about the the head praetorate and and what their position was and stuff like that so there's a, there's kind of some parallels there that that uh, we're not gonna talk about but it's it's kind of neat to look into yeah so, I think sure. a lot of it's it's um, the so ancient that's Roman pretty much the the cast of characters from this particular time period that we know of. So yeah, he yeah. led a military force into the Senate to execute many. Uh, my Imperial Guard marched into the temple where the Senate convened. They formed a protective circle from which I might bestow the gift of my address. From this day forward, I shall take up all the Empire in my embrace, for I am father of the Empire, as I am father to all creation. I will suffer no tired institution nor petty bureaucrat to stand between me or and me and my children. I am the perfect loving God, and all will tremble to know me. The Imperial Guard changed their railguns in perfect unison, alone as a god. So Callus already has a huge god complex at this point from the very beginning, uh, which is interesting to me that that wasn't something that he obtained or, or that grew while he was in control. It was his motivation in the first place. I mean, he's had a few screws loose since uh, day one. Yeah. Well, there's a few other, I mean, I've mentioned stuff like it in a note, like that is in the law books and later on. So we'll touch on that eventually, but there's a few other characters that mention his divinity or him being a God. And that almost makes me wonder if that is just, like part and parcel of being a cabal emperor perhaps or something like it's like a god emperor position or if it's just callous yeah it's a good question <laughs> that's what because it, it just seems so like assumed <laughs> he is emperor he is god callous goes about it in a very i am you know god of this creation and these are my perfect children and i have to be benevolent but it yeah there's a few other characters that are deeply involved with callous so it's entirely possible it's just him, but they make reference to him being divine. So it makes me think maybe it's just part of the position. Yeah. I'd, he's... That's just a theory. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely probably part of the worldview there. But I, I think Callus too, has his own. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a special place there. And I, I think he's brought some of the cabal uh, that are loyal to him along for the ride. Yeah, definitely. It's hard because we have we don't really know of any other. I mean, other than the myth at the beginning, we don't really know of any other cabal emperors. In fact, we didn't mm-hmm. really know anyone before Callus kind of showed up on the scene about how the cabal structure works. So, yeah. <laughs> so next, uh, what happens is Callus exiles the consul. He's just executed the Senate, kind of like a little Palpatine going on there. And then he exiles the consul. The quote is, I wanted a desert of pure white sand to stage my celebration. Took them three days to clear the wasteland of any stone or plant of offending color. When they were done, it was a perfect canvas for the violet pavilion. We recreated my court in nearly every detail beneath the glinting sun. The first act of my coronation was to have the consul kneel at my feet. He was a pathetic figure, stripped of title, rank, and clothing. He would never wield power again and would beget no heir. I made sure of that personally. I had only a single word for him. Run. So that's cool. 
Yeah, it's more of his <laughs> more of his like I mean, he he embodies just like this extravagance and sort of gluttonous luxury. Like the whole I wanted a desert, so I made them make me a desert because it would look cool. Well, and it's the the pure white too. It yeah. totally fits the even the color theme we've got going on now with the the violet pavilion and the the white and the gold. It's the the entire thing is it's been Callus's deal since the beginning. Yeah, it's this whole like transforming the world to what aesthetically pleases him mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. So uh, if, yeah. if if Callus had no problem like going in and just executing anybody that stood against him why let console just live i mean why why just you know well callus strikes me as a as a showman a little bit he likes the spectacle i think because the console was such a a thorn in his side he wanted to publicly humiliate him instead of just giving him a quick death like that's, that's what because yeah, he's he loves just like a show, he likes making spectacles of things, and we we know that just from like seeing his first raid and everything. Like, <laughs> right, loves the spectacle of it. So it, that that kind of strikes me as he wanted to publicly humiliate the consul oh, yeah, instead makes, of just letting him die. Makes total sense. Yeah, Gallus is very theatrical. Exactly. Can we please Leave have like a uh, like a like a Broadway show? with Callus. Well, I was about to say there's even a there's a theater in the menagerie, right? It's it's one (laughs) of the uh the boss fights is in a theater. Yeah, with a giant vex on stage. Mm -hmm. Well in in the law book when it starts talking about like hypothetical future events, there's like there's a big they put on a big show of a dinner and like one guy pretending to be Gaul literally gets killed. Like for acting and stuff like that. It's like, you do not want to be an actor in a right. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, um, he loves the spectacle. Is it is it Ragnarok where they have the the play of <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. With, with Matt Damon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's how I envision a statue, a big one. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And so, so after he's executed the Senate, he's exiled the consul. Uh, then he redistributes the wealth of the Praetorate. Praetorate. So it was there that I brought the corrupt to suffer the people's justice. How they cried as I threw their riches to the crowd. It amused me to see the dawning of realization in their eyes. There would be no safety for them, as there'd been no safety for those they'd made to suffer. One by one, I tossed those weeping fools to the people. The mob let out a great cry of joy and stripped them of their robes, tore the jewelry from their bodies. Oh, that's pretty brutal. Yeah. I, so far, he's done nothing that's not brutal. <laughs> yeah. Callus is, he might be a people's revolutionary, but uh, he's hes not a good guy. Yeah, that's the nature of revolution, though. <laughs> You're flipping well, an entire societal structure on its head. People are going to get hurt. You've, you've got to, yeah. You've, you've got to take care of the. Can't, yeah, can't the do that opposition. gently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think we we have yet to see if he was really doing it for the people or if he just used that for his own personal gain. Yeah, I mean, for from everything that we've heard from him, he seems to have genuinely believed in his position as the the people's rescuer. I I, I think that is sincere. 
Well, and and we'll we'll get to it. He he seems to still genuinely believe all the crazy nonsense that he speaks to this day. Yeah. So he might just be crazy. Yeah, I think he's like definitely delusional, but there's nothing malicious in his intent. Like I feel that he's he's very extravagant and crazy, but he definitely believes that he is doing it for the good of his people and for the good as, of just about anyone who pleases him. As many villains do. <laughs> yeah. Thanos. Yeah. But yeah, so we um we can fast forward from there again we have we don't really know how long and we get to when gaul is born uh, he's an outcast an albino a runt uh, the consul in exile takes him in and raises him and yeah. basically poisons him against callus from from the very beginning uh, the quote from callus is he found the perfect vessel to carry his poison a lonely crippled orphan child into that child he poured his jealousy his cruelty and his desire to see the great brought low Imagine his venomous whispers. Look at how happy they are. Look how they revel and thrive while we crack our hides in the filth and pine for days of fear and gunfire. Consul raises Gull, poisons him against Callus, and then finds a way to reintroduce him to Cabal society so that he can sort of raise his station and gain the notice of Callus. Uh, he becomes a, a gladiator because, of course, if, if the Cabal are based on ancient Rome, they're going to have to have a Colosseum, right? Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the, the ghost primus. I, yeah, see, I split this quote into two. This is dumb. Yeah, I used to play a game with those puffed-up aristocrats that would gamble at my arena. I bet on Gaul, and anyone who had displeased me had to bet against him. It was fun for a time, but his talent was too valuable to risk in the Colosseum. I appointed him primus of the Red Legion and instead set him loose upon my enemies. So yeah, it sounds like, I mean, Gaul had a very fast rise, uh, had com completely fooled Callus. Very much a mirror of the gladiator story of oh, a yeah. disenfranchised, you know, outcast who has rising through the gladiator ranks in order to get close to the emperor in order mm -hmm. to, to kill him. I mean, it's the same story, essentially. Yeah. From the bond of the emperor's minister, we get Gaul once served at my right hand, his even temper and disciplined mind proved a useful foil to my passion and force of will and so i leaned on him for all of my important decisions it always felt good to talk through my ideas he had a way of reflecting them back to me sharper and clearer so it sounds like he basically became like one of if not his most trusted advisors as well like he uh -huh. was all the way at the top and callus didn't see it coming it to gall <laughs> right <laughs> So yeah, then we, I mean, that brings us basically right up to the Midnight Coup. Um, the remaining members of the Praetorate, I guess he didn't kill them all. Um, he killed a bunch of them. But the remaining members gathered or, and uh, they were organized by the consul, led a coup. They uh, intending to install Gaul as their figurehead. Their, uh, their mistake was that he was too strong. He refused to be their figurehead and took the power for himself. The quote from the Midnight Coup lore tab is, The conspirators came late in the night, skulking into my court while we caroused. Gaul himself led the coup, and it was by his own Red, Le Red Legion that we were arrested. Imagine my surprise to see the consul stride into my court so puffed up with pride. He took cheap pleasure hurling spittle in my face. We were frog marched to the Leviathan under cover of darkness. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that uh, that was the well. They thought that was the end of Callus. Yeah. At that they point, they it. yeah loaded everybody up onto the Leviathan. We'll learn later that they basically uh, set an 
an infinite course in the Leviathan's uh, autopilot, locked it so no one could ever change it, and just shot them off into space, basically. Well, and and the reason they did that is the people were not going to stand for Kallus' execution. At this point, he is very beloved um, by the the Cabal. He's instituted a, a new culture. You know, they've moved on from their military. Uh, culture at this point from when the, the Praetorate was uh, initially exiled and they've been deeply rooted in this kind of uh, very hedonistic culture of revelry at this point. And, uh, you know, Callus has redistributed wealth, everyone's equal. So when Gaul comes in and deposes him, uh, you know, people are lashing their hides in the streets in mourning that this is happening. I forget where that quote is. We'll get to it later, I think. But, um, yeah, so so they knew that if they were to execute him, that, that he wouldn't have a, a foot to stand on. Gaul would not be tolerated. Yeah. So, um, we'll exile him and his loyalists will track you. Know, seek him out. Yep. You, you execute him and you make a martyr. Yep. <laughs> More revolution. <laughs> so we've got um, a list. Some of the same characters, but some other characters that pop up. Uh, as the people who led the, <laughs> I see what X-ray is typing there. Some of the people who led the the coup. So once again, we have Lictor Sheatet, who ended up turning against Callus. Uh, it says he loved me through all the hard times. Oh friend, how could my happiness turn you against me? How could you grow disgusted with my joy and revelry? How bitter to lose a friend because your friendship was made only of shared pain. On the dark day, Sheotet led the soldiers into my house. Sheotet let the soldiers plunder my collections, feast on my larders, and shoot down those who tried to save me. Sheotet said he was doing this in the name of the man I had once been, but I knew he was jealous of the emperor I would become. I love this quote because it hammers down uh, the point that we are getting all of this from Callus's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially with uh, the consul and Gaul's story, you know, from Gaul's perspective, he's rising up against um, a leader who is totally taken cabal culture in a morally depraved direction. And Sheotet here is obviously on the same side. You know, he's become disgusted with the direction that Callus is taking uh, the people, he's like, no, th- th- you used to be a good man, Cabal, whatever they call themselves. <laughs> uh, but you know, you're not, you're not that anymore. You've gone too far. It- it's, it's really interesting getting a glimpse of the other side of the story here because we're only getting one side. Um, yeah, and that's that's really interesting because I mean, obviously, the victor generally gets to decide history but you would think there should be a set of history somewhere written by gaul and gaul's people right and we've never seen it to see what their perspective really was about all of these events mm-hmm. um maybe maybe they're not just avid journal writers like callus is <laughs> well he loves writing his journals callus callus definitely <laughs> and 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 likes having people boiled if they don't write his journals for him right but <laughs> yeah turtle soup yeah but um <laughs> I I I kind of wish, and maybe it's just because you know we didn't get lore books like we have since Forsaken when when Vanilla D two came out. It would have been really interesting to see a whole different take on this period of time from mm-hmm. the perspective of 
of the Praetorate and Gaul and the Red Legion. Um, but yeah, we only get Callus's point of view. So of course, very large uh, grain of salt with everything. Yep. So we've also got uh, Freeborn Atzat, Scion Savant. Uh, I think the only person on this list who's not a... I mean, they, they call them all... Total. Yeah, he's not a turtle. They call them all cabal, but scions obviously scion, are yeah. a different race. So every every everybody else on this list, I believe, is just a regular um, turtle shaped cabal. Yeah, I think so. And I've don't they? They all kind of have. They all kind of have names too, except for the scion savant. Oh, oh he, for, never mind. Never mind. That's his name. It's the consul is the only one that isn't named. That's his title because he refuses title to is, name him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Which and that's also weird. If if the reason that we're never told the consul's name is because Callus doesn't want to name him, why isn't he named in Vanillity too? When we're getting everything, when we're seeing the consul in person. Well, it's not like you'd in conversation with somebody necessarily would always use their name or their title. You know, it's you don't have to to do that in conversation. I wonder if to. I wonder if he at all referred to himself as the consul to he probably um, spoke in the, the speaker. I mean, the speaker doesn't have a name, I guess, right? That makes sense, those two having a conversation. I don't recall him ever actually addressing himself, but maybe that's just, I haven't played it in a while. I feel like Gaul referred to him as Consul once, but... Yeah, he may have. That is just using a title to a subordinate, in a way, putting him in his place. So I don't know if, other than subtitles, there was actually an opportunity to hear a title or a name. And the Consul typically referred to Gaul just as Dominus, so... Yeah, so it was like a formal mm-hmm. um, addressing of title rather than familiar. I mean, they're they're very military, expected, so that makes yeah, sense. In a military yeah. culture. Yeah, uh, Otsot the freeborn scion yeah. savant. Do we want to tackle this whole long? There's a there's a really. I mean, it's a pretty cool quote. Yeah. So on how much Scions. how much are we reading? I've got the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll read this quote that's here. Centuries after we destroyed the Scion's clairvoyant Oxa machine, which we've seen in game, at least reference to it, uh, word reached me that it had been rebuilt on the moon of Brand. The Evocate General sent her ships to bomb the moon. In my imperial forgiveness, I stopped her ships. I asked myself, who but a true genius could reconstruct the Oxa? Who but a Scion who craved the Oxa's power to see the unseen? Surely we could use that mind. I invited the builder to join me at a fate. Is that? I don't know how you say that word. Yeah, in her fate. honor. She was called Atsat, freeborn scion. And she glowed with the power of her thoughts. She said, is this not Callus's new empire? An empire of achievement? Can't the scions grow fat in thought as you grow fat with power? I said, you have a deal. I name you Imperial Dreamer. And you will have all that you need. All of us are stronger when we join hands and song. Cabal and Scion, Sindhu and Clips, Arkborn and all the others. And these are the first time that we've seen these names at this point because the mm-hmm. references in game had not come out yet. Mm-hmm. If only I could have sensed her thoughts as she so ably sensed mine. When I moved to free the indentured Scions, I threatened Atsat's superior status as a freeborn. She joined the conspiracy against me. She used the Oxa to transmit messages in secret military's plans for their coup so Atsat was a central piece uh, to the coup uh, delivering movement and messages and kind of coordinating 
the entire uh, deal throughout the empire. And the other thing we get from this is that we have at least uh, a little bit of a time period. So centuries after we destroyed the Scions Oxa machine. So we have at least centuries that Callus has been reigning. And I think if I remember right, um, he also says about a thousand years or at least close to a thousand years that he uh, reigns as emperor uh, over the cabal. So it's been quite some time since the exile or since the Praetor was eliminated, that cabal that Callus has been um, ruling here. Yeah. You know, mm. answers on the timeline would just be great, right? <laughs> yes, they would. <laughs> yeah. You kind of just get a, uh, it's like a bit of a chronology game. You just kind of have before and after yeah. and a sequence, but no like exact spacing between things. So then, um, Moly Moly was around again. Uh, there weren't any additional quotes uh, talking about. I mean, I have the book. I can read his whole entry if you want. Was there? Is there anything that was there that was specific to the the coup? I didn't. Um, think there was. Let's see. Uh, oh, kind of. Okay. Um, in the aftermath of his exile, uh, I'll just read it. Uh, Ah, Molly the Everjoy, chief of festivals, he named himself for the grand wallowing flats of Molly Myth, where where bathers snack on floating oysters and the rising tide carries sweet flowers to tickle the hide. As those waters soothe the body, so Molly of Molly soothed my empire. How the children love his holidays, how could a year go by without the tusking challenges, or the resignation day championships, or the qualifiers for the all-imperial whale kayaking? If only Molly hadn't soothed the people after my exile. If only he'd let them rise up in rage. But that's Molly, isn't it, my brave champions? He just can't bear to see the people angry. Unhappiness leads to uprising, and uprising leads to bloodshed. And few know of this. Molly was once the Colossus of Bruinth. As loyal soldier of the old corrupt Praetorate, he drove the Republicans into the sea. He massacred innocent citizens for the crime of supporting me. He renounced war forever and devoted himself to joy and revelry as Adil. Oh, Molly, what happiness you brought us all. Now the Everjoy celebrates false happiness. He paints a smiling face on the grim legionary helm. So, I mean, his role was preventing the uprising that occurred after the exile. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was, I, I feel like that's pretty large part because it was pointed out how grieved the people were when Callus was in exile. So... Mm-hmm. That explains why there was never anything done about that. If mm-hmm. the sort of chief of holidays calmed them all down, yeah. Well, so and then, then that oh, before ahead. we before we go on, backtrack just a second here. So the the quote of of timeline here is, Callus says, "I've seen more than a thousand years of war and trouble." And further mm-hmm. on in the quote, it implies that 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 is during his reign. It's not uh, talking about after the exile. So that seems to be our timeline we're working with. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Even like in the intro in the book, he says, "For centuries, I led the revels of my empire." Yeah. So there's like hundreds of years of his, definitely after the. Uh... Yeah, it minimum centuries during empire reign, more than a thousand years of war and trouble. So. Well, yeah, like the like the for centuries is like between revolution and exile is centuries. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. he could have ruled for a time before that, before he even got rid of the Praetorate. My goodness. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. He's That's been around a while. Turtle. I mean, like, maybe if they are turtles, turtles live a long time. 
<laughs> also been called Space Rhinos. Yeah, that's fair as well. Guinness Book of World um, Records, 152 years. What's that for? Longest lifespan of a turtle. Oh, I don't know the lifespan of a rhino. I bet it's not 152 years. Yeah, I'm not a expert rhino person. Well, reptiles in particular grow, yeah. you know, they live as long as their environment allows them to. So if you, you know, that's that's just earth. They'll they'll keep growing bigger until they die, essentially, right? So uh if the well, if ball has any sort of years. basis on that then we can we can sort of assign them uh just keep just keep on growing just keep on growing fat with strength <laughs> i mean it's not the first time there's been a sort of high up creature i mean to think of uh the hive like oryx and stuff they've existed as they are for thousands and thousands of years so because that was even before that like, before the cabal again so it's like well, not before well, but before Callus's whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's not the it's not the first time heard of something living that long or being that far back in time. So it's not really unheard of. Yeah, oldest I rhino, whole different ballpark. Oldest rhino on record lived to forty nine. Lame. Yeah, I looked up. It said like fifty years is max. Yeah, lame rhinos. Weak. Live longer. Weak. <sighs> Getting beat by turtles. And poachers. Oh, wow. (laughs) Savage. Fair enough there. Hashtag truth. (laughs) All right. Well, that brings us (laughs) back to Amunarath, Primus of all legions. I thought I could show Amun the great works and delights of our cabal and thus teach her that war is only a way of protecting happiness. But she would say to me, the war is all there is. All this... The crowds, the triumphal architecture, the gardens in the sky, everything I'd built. This is just logistical support. I watched her. I wasn't a fool. But when at last she betrayed me, she acted through a simple consul and his protege. Damnation upon the name of Gaul. Umanrath would consign my people to an eternity of, eternity of fear and strife. She would pillage and tax my people in the name of their protection. And yet it will be the soldiers that she protects. She just likes war. That's, yeah. Well, she's a combat veteran. Never got out of that. We can only do what we can do, right? Yeah, now, well, I find it interesting that he says, like, he basically expected her to betray him at some point, but wasn't expecting her to do it through someone else. Right. That's what caught him off guard. At least thought it would have been straight up to his face. Yeah. Now, what I'm interested a little bit in here is her title as the Primus of All Legions. So we've got Gaul, who's the Primus of the Red Legion, uh, and he ends up taking the Empire. Uh, mm-hmm. But the implication there is that there are other legions uh, aside from that. And I think we're discounting loyalists here. I think we can group them in a separate uh, separate category. But it makes me wonder the extent of how the Cabal military is structured. Uh, just curious little tidbit there. Mm-hmm. Hey, X-Ray, can yeah. I request that you read the next one? Uh, of course. I just think it'd be funny. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. Which, which one are we on? We're on uh, the Confidant? Iskaal of... I Fant- can't read it because Fant- literally Fant- everyone's... Yeah, there's perfect. every <laughs> <laughs> It's all separated by a million colors. All right. Poor sweet Iska, who sold me teas. 
In the first days of my great purge against the Praetoriate, we moved to the cap. We moved the capital to Torbottle. Did you only ask me to read this because of all the weird words? No, I just wanted you okay. to read the story about the guy who sold tea. Okay, cool. Uh, is it Torbottle? I guess. Tor. Yeah. yeah Torbottle. Right. All right, yeah. Torbottle. Uh, to be near the people. Every day I would go out to the to parade myself in public view, buying in the markets and gifting to the poor, so that all would know I was unintimidated and dang I can't read and still a vigorous appetite at the end of my route I would stop by Iska's cart to sniff (laughs) at his baskets of tea he'd listen to my troubles who I'd offend (laughs) who'd I offended among the housekeepers where my growth ached and how my (laughs) and how my allergies (laughs) reacted to the dry plains air in all the things an emperor must be excessive. With Iska, I was excessive in my trust and my price and my prices, how well I paid him for the petals I used in the nectar. Iska was a poor businessman and simple, but he never shared a word, I said. I told him I am told he still sets up his tea cart on the same corner. I am told that Is Is Isakal? Iskal. Iskal, maybe. From Fanter sells his tea to a clique of the Dominus General Staff, soldiers who tease him with the nickname Imperial Informant, as if he sends word to me in exile. His teas have found popularity at official wallowings. Wallowings. He has swelled up with growth. Gross. Which happens... Usually, when someone feels they're smaller than their status deserves, he goes on as if he has forgotten our friendship, as if nothing has changed. Okay, so he's swelled up with growth, which happens usually when someone feels they're smaller than their status deserves. So the cabal literally grow fat with strength? Basically. Like, it's not... (laughs) This is not a metaphor. Callus is literally saying... Get strong and thus larger physically. Yeah. Well, I mean, that explains why uh, Gaul was so huge with the ego he had. <laughs> like the confidence he had in his position. And why higher ranked Cabal tend to be bigger Cabal. Yeah, so like... And I, I wonder if that's a little bit to do with... I mean, prior to Kallus's revolution, just the sheer military nature of the Cabal. If there's a... um. It's like if they feel they're smaller than their status deserves, there'd probably be a very strict like mentality of what status you deserve or which position you are worthy of, and that like you grow bigger or fatter, as it were, to to fit where you mentally see yourself in a way. But yeah, but it is interesting that that's a that is literal and not, not yeah figurative metaphorical. Yeah, I find it funny they mention of official wallowings. There seems to be a few references to like wallowing in mud like hippos sort of thing like even in the the um, bathers are doing royal pools because yeah even in the uh molly molly one talks about the grand wallowing flats of molly myth and the bathers there and i mean all in his leviathan ship he's got like bathing pools and all that sort of stuff and later on in some of the uh the end of the law book he mentions turning somewhere into just big mud flats for wallowing which is a 
So it seems to be one of their favorite pastimes. That's what. Cabal so maybe do. they're hippo rhino turtles. <laughs> yeah, that's the wallowing is definitely a rhino thing. Yeah, so chiefly in large mammals, roll about or lie relaxed in mud or water, especially to keep cool. Avoid biting insects or spread scent. Mm. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like because they're quite like luxuriant, sentient creatures, it's just an enjoyment <laughs> rather than a practical. They just enjoy rolling in mud. But then, when referring about. to it, referring uh, to a person as wallowing is to indulge in an unrestrained way in something that creates a pleasurable sensation. Yeah, so it's probably halfway then. Yeah, because there is a little bit of both. reference to baths and mud. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of gross things Cabal do in the mud, uh, we also know Callus had a daughter. Oh. <laughs> Terrible segue. <laughs> you put it right in front of me. I couldn't, I couldn't not go there. That's how we roll. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So her name is Kayaddle. Is that That's how, how I'd say it? Kayaddle, Kayaddle, yeah. The Princess Imperial. Uh, was I inattentive, child? No, I was not. But the more I tried to show you what I loved, the more you turned away. First, those games of war and conquest that you played with a moon. Then the pressure armor you took to wearing at home, as if the palace were an alien world and the revels toxic. I was so happy when you became a star pilot. I thought you'd see our great cabal in all its glory and variety and understand the joy of peace. But when you returned to Tor Bottle, you would hide away with the moon, whispering about threats that gathered on our frontier. I could have stopped the coup. You alone knew of my special arrangement. But when I raced to my throne to give the signal, you were there. You sat on my throne with the signal in your fist. And when I reached out to beg, you crushed the bone in your gauntlet. Father, you said, I will not be weak. Curiouser and curiouser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a whole bag of worms. <laughs> it's the do we have any other references to potential Ahamkara bones outside of the harmony? Uh, I don't think not, we do. Not that I can think of. Right, no, we knew about the ones in our solar system. We knew about the ones with the harmony, and now we know about this. Because mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's it's more than just this in in the same book is the first time um, Callus uses the the phrase. Oh, is it, oh, vengeance mine that he says in this book? I can't remember which way he He, he does yeah, say he does. stuff in this book, I'm pretty sure. Um, mm. So, yeah, we don't know to what degree. We don't know um, when it might have started, but there's definitely some Ahamkara or worm influence going on here with the Cabal, even all the way back here. Apparently, Callus had some sort of backup plan that involved an Ahamkara bone. Mm-hmm. At least that's the implication. Yeah, right. potentially. It doesn't outright say, but yeah. And then I like that um, in reference to the coup and, and uh, Callus's reaction at the console gets two sentences. The vile console must die. I sentence them to death by his own weapons. Like, that's it. He Callus just so, dislikes this guy so greatly he won't even talk about him. And then appropriately, Gaul, the the console's greatest weapon, does actually kill him. Yeah. So it all works out. <laughs> it is. It's poetic. And then, yeah, the last one that brings us to Gaul, the last member of the 
the, the coup. But it's somebody else's turn for that one. Go, sure. See if I can. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the Praetorate chose Gaul to overthrow me, but they could not master him, for he had a fearsome strength. They tried to control him, to temper and delay his coup. Now he drags them forward by their own reins. Anyone can be great, Gaul says, if they work their hardest. But what he means is no one can be great except in the way I approve. He says I was born to luxury and corruption. I say he was made only to fear and hate. Whose universe would you choose to live in, I ask you? Gaul's miserable slog? Gaul's age of closed fists? Or my world of plenty and delight? Do not mistake my joy for weakness, O just one. I fight to make a heaven in a bloody cosmos. Gaul fights so that he can keep fighting forever. And again, we've got a hint of that other side of the story there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it, you know, it's not it's not spoilers. It's been in trailers and stuff. We know that there's some kind of version of Gaul that's coming back in Shadowkeep. I don't really think we're gonna get any additional Gaul story along with that, but I still think it'd be neat to get that side of the story. It would. Yes, although unlike some of the um, other people who are the old Praetorate who just want things the way they were, sort of mm-hmm. refuse to change to a life of gluttony. I feel that uh, Gaul is just, he's kind of angry. Like, he's not hes not like outburst angry all the time, but he's just an angry person because that's how he was raised. <laughs> I feel like he's, he's kind of got different motives to everyone else, in a way, which is why he flipped it on them a bit. Because mm-hmm. his whole thing was just he was kind of raised, tortured as an outcast and fed so much anger, whereas everyone else is kind of, fighting for this military society i feel like yeah it was right saying like goal fights so he can keep fighting forever because he's just he's a gladiator he's a fighter that's well, his whole and, and keep in mind too that callus's reign wasn't all you know butterflies and orgies it was conquering <laughs> yeah that was a weird phrase i know it was it was it's true though it was conquering other cultures, right? Like the Clips, the Sindhu, the Arkborn. These were all turned into client races of the Cabal during Kallus' reign. Yeah. So, was that after his revolution or before? Or that, that was after. I mean, he's he had become the, the emperor of the Cabal mm-hmm. and then gone on to, to incorporate yeah. these client races. So even though the, their culture has, you know, he... he guided them away from the 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 militaristic uh kind of class system there there were definitely still very much a conquering society but maybe with the the difference of we're not just going to obliterate you we're going to give you an opportunity to join our lovely little group here come be part of us or be killed Come roll yeah, in my th- sweet mud puddle. <laughs> I think that's where um, it's really like pushed that Callus is quite delusional because he's just seeing it as like, I'm enriching my people with all these different cultures. I'm making my empire greater. He doesn't really see it as conquest. Like even he was saying like, you know, I fought these armies. I put down this revolt. I'm, I did all these great things. And now look how rich our culture is. Whereas for most peoples, they're like, this dude came in conquest and now we're part of this empire. Thanks. Like, yeah, it just kind of proves how delusional Callus is in his perceived benevolence. 
he's not really doing it to be horrible. It doesn't change the results. <laughs> conquering people, because in your mind it's the best thing for them, is still conquering people. Exactly. But, uh, you know, the Cabal are cool with it. They're they're hanging out in District 13. They're happy. They're good. <laughs> they like him. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... I mean, that gets us up to... What? I guess beyond this, this would lead into... Um... The events of Destiny One, which those Cabal would have been following Gaul's orders, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Outbound Signal, which sends the message out, which is part of why Gaul and his le- his legion come and cause Destiny Two to happen. Yeah. But there there'd been uh, quite a bit of stuff going on with Callus before that point. Right. Yeah. There there's a whole <laughs> a whole thing that we'll get to. I, I think the next episode, which I'm really excited about, because the Chronicon and all that stuff, I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to go go through all that stuff, but we'd be here for another three hours. Um, yeah, so he's just being exiled, and that's what we're up to. Yeah, there's there's really no good place in the Chronicon and Confessions to like start and then stop because it's like you get into, you know, all the crazy stuff that happens. You get into the shadows. It's just yeah, that's gonna be really yeah. fun though. Um, so looking forward to that. Yeah, it covers all the uh, all the stuff in one continuous run. From right as he's exiled on the Leviathan until we actually meet him in game. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> and then beyond that, apparently. <laughs> Into the future. Into the future. So um yeah, it's kind of all continuous. You can't really stop halfway through. So, so yeah, yeah. awkward. <laughs> I was taking a drink, so I think that's where we're on. pretty much where we're at for this episode. Then. Yeah, so we're right? wrapping up the lore, and uh, for this one, we'll be coming back hopefully next week. Uh, I know we had a, a two week break this time, but uh, from our little announcement show, but um, we're well, try so to... and I'm gonna I'm gonna screw that up. I'm supposed to be out of town. Friday till Tuesday. Friday, the end of this week, and through Tuesday of next week, uh, we're supposed to fly to Florida to visit my mother-in-law. But there's apparently a tropical storm developing in the Gulf, and who knows what that's going to mean. So maybe I'll be around next weekend, and maybe I won't. Maybe maybe I'll be around. Maybe you should say it a different way. (laughs) Maybe I'll be... (laughs) There's a hurricane. I might be around. Maybe I'll be in Florida. Maybe Maybe I'll be dead. We'll just... yeah. So I'm I'm playing next weekend by ear, and so yeah, you know there maybe see. there'll be a midweek recording with a late week release, or maybe a week off. Who knows? We'll see. We'll let you know, or you'll just wait and then you'll find out. I guess. But um, if you want to ask us in the meantime, we'll give you the lore when the lore is ready, not before. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just because I think it's, I mean, we've since we've announced we're coming back, we've gained some additional followers on twitter uh which is pretty cool uh if you want to follow us on twitter you can we are at dgo stories um you can search for ghost stories and i think we'll pop up if not then you probably have a friend that follows us and they'll tell you how to follow us uh or or not <laughs> um but here i i when we get new followers i always kind of look at their their uh they're what is that called i can't i gosh i'm losing my brain um their little tidbit about themselves or whatever 
bio? bio? Their bio. Yeah, that thing. And uh, <laughs> their tidbit. <laughs> the little tidbit. I'm renaming it into the Twitter tidbit uh, segment. Um, the Twitter bit? And there's some good ones. Wow. So, you know what? I'm going to shout out to a few people that have recently followed us and tell them thanks. So, we've got Wayfarer Fuzzy. He loves rap music, loves taking pictures, Star Wars nerd, <laughs> loves drawing, Destiny 2, and Call of Duty. Thank you. Tony Soprano, New Jersey, um, doesn't like anything or doesn't have any tidbits. Uh, Brandon Papworth, hey, JavaScript evangelist, uh, photo buff, Nine Inch Nailhead, VP of Tech at Utility, tweets and opinions are my own. Well, I, I hope mm. so. So, good job with that. Uh, Ryan Bauer, ooh, it's a, got a locked profile, so hmm, you can't follow him. So secret. Him. But time, time flies oh, wow. like an arrow, fruit flies like a banana. Nice. But, um, <laughs> people are great. I love people. Lehman's, Lehman's Ludo is also has nothing. Wow. Uh, CRG, my whole life is based on a true story. I believe it. <laughs> we got Kyle Lutz, Max, which is actually uh, Wagner, Max 96. Um, Wuxiba, Wuxiba 1. I don't know what that is, but they don't, neither one of them have a bio. Uh, here we go. Uncommon. Um, it is. Uh, at young underscore ancient Trinidadian born and bred multi-ethnic lyrically inclined technology junkie. Whoosh. That was a mouthful, but awesome. Uh, A couple more here. (laughs) Knives of shadow. I am a part-time gamer and father of two. I'm looking to grow my stream. Also make friends who enjoy playing. And I also will post random things like pics. All right. Faby Scott game hedge, uh, Pokemon hater 6,900. Wow, uh, making whoa. some enemies. Yeah, what? Right. Uh, six foot or six foot O Husky Otaku Gamer Latino Man Fortnite Melee and Ultimate Destiny Two. Mister Combo of Things, yeah. yeah. Mister Harsh, uh, and it's actually Mister Harsh zero nine one five 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 one five is a great learner, a great friend, ambiver ambivert. Am, ambivert? Is that oh, introvert and extrovert? I, I guess. Is that what that means? Uh, believes in I e- would assume. Believes in equity, not equality. Love political science, and I know who I am. Uh, uh, dot. <laughs> There's a period for this person, but they're at Carrie underscore JN. Sailor man. That's it. And like the moon? He, no, just like, maybe, but it's a man. Uh, and the last one, like the moon. And the last one has some weird kind of I don't know how they also got this text type, but uh Cy Not that we think you're weird. We love you. Cy Warbrick thirty six. Hey, nice to eyeball you. It's like the eyeball emoji. Uh keep <laughs> it simple and loving life. Happily in love with a black heart. Uh hashtag history, hashtag Wicca, paranormal at Axie Paranormal. Oh, Uh-oh, I think he followed Wait. the wrong podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Not, not that kind of ghost story. That's okay. We, you definitely, can, we you get can... tweeted, what, like, what, at least every couple of weeks with somebody who thinks that this is actually a podcast about and stories I, about ghosts. And I guess occasionally we get a follow. Um, Amazing. <laughs> I love it. And we will end it there, I guess. So there you go. There's my list of thanks, and I'll do that. If you follow us, I will try to mention you, or at least mention a few of you, and uh, and say thank you. Um, so everyone who who wants you to read their Twitter bio is going to unfollow and refollow, so they show up as a new follower. Sure, I mean, as long I mean, as they refollow in the end. 
It's all, all right, about it's the all numbers. <laughs> well, I don't want people unfollowing us just for that sake. It's all about the people or blocking us. Thanks. Yeah. Well, whatever, your, whatever your name was, I don't even remember now because he blocked. Every me. time we, every time we get blocked by somebody, I count that as a victory. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's small ones. Um, and if we mispronounced anything or said anything wrong about your bio, come tell us in Discord. Segway. Boosh. You can join our Discord. I don't think we, at this. we don't have a link to our Discord in our in our tidbit, do we? In our Twitter tidbit. We can No, but you could that. read you could read this right here. I could read something. I gotta find well, I don't even know where Right. Isn't it discord.gg slash and then Yep. You're already reading it. You can just keep doing it. Alright. Y V U capital H three capital G B. That's if weird. I didn't say capital, it's lowercase. That's Y V U capital H three capital G B. <laughs> awesome. Nice. <laughs> um, also, my son. Uh, anytime something breaks now, he thinks it's hilarious to tell me that it's demolished and I should fix it with flex tape. He <laughs> 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 does that. He does that to me all day long. He's like. Is it broken? It looks demolished. Fix it with flex tape. I'm like, man, kid, what? Where did you get this? My, this is my 11 year old. Does he have experience with flex tape, or is he just like an infomercial parrot? I used flex tape one time to fix a hole in the uh, flex tape. in the tube that we go tubing on behind the boat at the lake, <laughs> just because it was in a place that we really couldn't catch. So I'm like, well, maybe this flex tape will work. And it did. It works great. The tube works. I mean, it's... it. Yeah, flex, flex tape's tape. great for... Yeah. Did for you saw the boat in half? No. And then fix it with flex tape? <laughs> no, my father-in-law <laughs> would be pissed if I cut his boat in half. Um, well. But anyway, yeah, ever since then, it's flex tape is the all-purpose fixer of demolished things. <laughs> I know what we're titling this episode now. <laughs> <laughs> fix it with flex tape? Yeah. Cabals, <laughs> flex tape your cabals. Um. That, that reminds me so hey. much of my brother showed me a video recently that was a compilation of all of the gorilla adhesive ads, like for tape, glue, etc. Nice. But it was the moment where the gorilla pops in and the people scream, and it cuts off perfectly at the scream every time, and it's mm-hmm. hilarious. <laughs> It's just a bunch of people going like, oh, I can't fix this, so I need a glue that does all these things, and then Gorilla pops in, ooh, and they're like, ah, and then it cuts off. (laughs) It was hilarious going through, like, all of those videos. It's so silly. Anyway, similar tape thing. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh, yeah. Nope, go. Me? Go? Go. All right. Mm. So, uh, one more thing here. Um, Gabble found this awesome recipe, but I've got, I've got a, we're going to, I'm going to bump his to next week because I had made a post on Twitter and threw a clever little uh, gif there and got the appropriate response from Captain Kex. And so now, because Captain Kex requested it, I'm going to tell you how to make Swedish meat cabals. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Real quick. I'm going to do the, the very fast version. Ingredients. Two slices of fresh white bread. Quarter cup of milk. Three tablespoons clarified butter. Divided. 
half cup finely chopped onions, a pinch plus one teaspoon of kosher salt, quarter pound ground chuck, quarter pound ground pork, two large egg yolks, half a teaspoon black pepper, half a tea, or a quarter teaspoon of ground allspice, quarter teaspoon of freshly grated nutmeg, quarter cup all-purpose flour, three cups beef broth, and quarter cup heavy cream. All right, preheat the oven, 200 degrees. Tear the bread into pieces. Place it in a small mixing bowl along with the milk set aside. In a 12-inch straight-sided saute pan over medium heat, melt one tablespoon of butter and add the onion, pinch of salt, and then sweat it until the onions are soft. Remove from the heat and set aside. In a bowl of a stand mixer, combine the bread-milk mixture, ground chuck, pork, egg yolks, one teaspoon of kosher salt, black pepper, allspice, nutmeg, onions, beat on medium <laughs> uh, speed uh, for one to two minutes. Using a scale, weigh your meat cabals into one-ounce portions and place on a sheet pan. Using your hands, shape the meat cabals into rounds. Or balls, I guess. I don't know why it says rounds, but it should be balls. Cabals. Uh, heat the remaining butter in the saucepan over medium heat, low heat, medium low heat. Or in an electric skillet set to about 250 degrees. Uh, add meat cabals and saute until golden brown on all sides. Seven to ten minutes. Remove meat cabals and uh, to an oven-proof dish using a slotted spoon and place them in a warmed oven. Finally, once all the meat cabals are cooked, decrease the heat to low, add flour to the pan or skillet, whisk until lightly browned, approximately one to two minutes, gradually add beef stock, and whisk until sauce begins to thicken. Add the cream and continue to cook until the gravy reaches the desired consistency. Remove the meat cabals from the oven, cover with the gravy, and put the cabals in your mouth. Wait, 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 wait. What? So you're covering your meat cabals in a brown mud-like sauce? <clears throat> They're wallowing. They're, They're wallowing. just wallowing bathers. I should have mm-hmm. edited this okay. much okay. more. What but... really concerns me is the lack of actual cabal meat in the recipe. Well, okay, only Drifter would be into that. Hmm. Hmm. Fair enough. You, you couldn't would, have you had, like, wobbies to meat or though. something? I wonder if you could make, like, a meat cabals sandwich. Probably. I like meat cabals. I mean, meatball. I mean, Never mind. <laughs> as long as you don't like Cabal's meat. <laughs> and that concludes Cooking with X-Ray. Thanks, Captain Kex, once again. Swedish meat Cabal's. Go back and listen to it and make it. If anyone ever makes that uh, and proves that they've made it and shows us a picture of them eating meat Cabal's, they have an automatic guest appearance on the show. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Um, and the last part of our outro says bye. <laughs> bye. So, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> See y'all next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Make a ball. Soon.